Coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast, we have a full preview of tonight's game against the Rangers, including the keys to victory for the Islanders. We also discuss why it's time the Islanders start playing their younger players more down the stretch, and the Islanders nation mourns the passing of Jean Potvin, who won two Stanley Cups with the Islanders and was influential in the organization beyond his contributions on the ice. All that and more coming up on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin with you. So glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. If you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question you'd like to ask, a comment about something we said, or a topic you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. And that will include tonight's game against the Rangers. So, lots to discuss on today's show. And, you know, we talked a little bit yesterday about... You know, we, we've we known really since the 08-3 slump in November how it was a long shot for the Islanders to get back into the playoff hunt in the Eastern Conference this season. And, you know, they are now, what, 19 points behind the Capitals in the race for that last spot. Yeah, the Islanders have more games left on their schedule than any other team, but realistically, to make up that many points and leapfrog that many teams in the six weeks that are left on the schedule is highly, highly unlikely. Yeah, the Islanders have been playing better hockey lately, but at the same time, they would really need to go on such a tear down the stretch to make the playoffs. It would be almost impossible for that to happen. And, you, you you know, you look at the standings right now. The Islanders have played 57 games. They have 57 points. 
So there's 25 games left. 50 possible points that this team could get. And they would realistically need to get about 39 out of those 50, or 78%, in order to even have a chance of making the playoffs. That, again, very unlikely. We've talked a lot about the fact that the trade deadline is coming up Monday and that the Islanders, if anything, are going to be sellers. And you've got players on expiring contracts like Zidane Chara, Cal Clutterbuck, uh, you know, Andy Green, those guys who realistically, since you know that they're not going to be back next year unless you sign them to a new deal, th- those are players that you can feel comfortable trading if need be. Uh, Zach Parise on a one-year deal. You know, and if you really like what these guys bring to the table, you could always trade them at the trade deadline and then re-sign them as free agents during the summer and bring them back for next season. So that is still an option. But realistically, now with 25 games left on the season, I think it is time for the Islanders. And they have three games left before the trade deadline. They've got tonight's game at the Rangers, Saturday afternoon at home against Dallas, Sunday afternoon on the road against Philadelphia. Those are the three games before the trade deadline. I don't know if they're going to trade any of those players or some of the other players we've discussed, whether it's Simeon Varlamov or Scotty Mayfield or Matt Martin or, or, or Josh Bailey or any of the other players on this roster. But right now, with 25 games to go, it is time for this team to start giving more ice time and longer looks to players like Robin Sallow. Want to see more of what he can do. Sebastian Ajo. Ajo, so far, has not proved reliable enough defensively to earn a regular spot in the Islanders lineup, but 25 games left, get him on the ice for, let's say, 20 of those 25 games, give him a regular shift, and basically say to him, look, right now, Sebastian Ajo, this is your chance to show us what you can do and whether or not you should be a part of this organization going forward, or, you know, you could be the career AHL guy who gets called up in a pinch, the quadruple A player, as you would say in baseball terms, too good to, you know, he's very good at minor leagues or the top minor leagues, but not quite good enough in the majors or in the NHL. You have that scenario, but maybe this is the time to give an audition to a player like Sebastian Ajo to see what you really got. I want to see more of Kiefer Bellows. Bellows has been uh, scratched the last few games. Right now, depending on who, if any, among the forwards that you move, I want to see more Kiefer Bellows. I want to see more ice time for Oliver Wallstrom. And even I'll, I'll even take it a step further. Let's say the Islanders do nothing at the trade deadline. 
let's say they absolutely are not able to make any deals to send any of the players we've talked about away. I still want to see the young guys playing more because we know what Zach Parise is. We know what Andy Green is. We know what Cal Clutterbuck can do, Zidane Chara. These are players that are known quantities. But those young guys, you know you're not making the playoffs this year. The young guys need time. They need to develop confidence. They need to be comfortable in the role they'll have on the team, in the system that the team is playing, in getting to know their teammates. To me, the key right now is these last 25 games, and maybe it'll only be 22 games because of the trade deadline and when some roster spots open up. But even if you don't trade those players, you start playing those younger guys down the stretch and maybe even bring up an Austin Zarnick or uh, you know a Robin Sallow or some of the other younger players in the system and just take a look and see what they can do. All right, when we return, we will give a full preview of tonight's game at Madison Square Garden against the Rangers. How did the Islanders pull off the upset? It would be glorious to knock the Rangers away from their chase of first place in this division. We'll talk about how the Islanders can get that done and our tribute to Jean Potvin. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. On Monday, March 21st at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, tune in to Locked On Fantasy Hockey's live deadline reaction show to get all the on-ice, fantasy, and betting analysis you need from hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone, with appearances from our roster of local team experts. Plus, catch our own live show at 3 o'clock Eastern Time on Monday, trade deadline day, for our immediate action to the Islanders move. So we will be going live on YouTube, and we'll give you more information about that on tomorrow's show. Islanders facing the Rangers tonight at the Garden. Always fireworks when these two teams get together, and uh, you can expect more of the same tonight. The Rangers, you know, interesting. They are getting it done with a couple of things, defense being among the most. Third in the league in goals against, and certainly Igor Shosturkin has shown how good he is and, you know, the 207 goals against average, the 938 save percentage, he is looking more and more like a worthy inheritor to the a legacy of Henrik Lundqvist. So Shesterkin, certainly uh, a big reason for the Rangers' success. And I think the Sorokin versus Shesterkin rivalry between two Russian goalies competing on the Rangers and Islanders, respectively, 
is going to be uh, a part of this rivalry going forward. The other thing is special teams. The Rangers, second in the league on the power play with a 26.8% success rate, ninth in the league on the PK, 82.5% success rate. Chris Kreider has been absolutely lethal on the power play. 20 of his 39 goals have come with the extra attacker. He has 26 points out of his 54 on the year have come on the power play. And he also has two shorthanded goals. So you got to keep an eye on him. Then Adam Fox remains one of the more talented offensive defensemen in the league. He has 52 assists and 61 points. And Artemi Panarin, 71 points, 55 of those assists. You add Mika Zibinijad and you have a good amount of flexibility uh, and, and spreading out of some of the scoring by the Rangers. The other thing is the Rangers, you know, they made some moves in the offseason to toughen up their lineup, to become more physical. They felt they were too easy to play against, and those moves have seemingly paid off this year with players like Barclay, Goodrow, uh, adding that extra element to the Rangers lineup, and and you know that is something that they were lacking a year ago, and and now they've got it. So that's important. They have won two in a row, beating Dallas in Dallas seven to four, and then edging Anaheim four to three on Tuesday night. Uh, so Rangers and Islanders all set to renew their rivalry tonight. Looking at the Line combinations for the New York Rangers heading into this game. Mika Zibanejad, the first line center with Kreider and Alex Lafreniere on either side of him. Ex-Islander Ryan Strom is the second line center with Artemi Panarin, Dryden Hunt flanking him. Philip Cheadle, Buckley Goodrow, and Johnny Zinski, the third line. And then Meg Meg, Julian Gauthier, and Ryan Reeves, the fourth line that has helped toughen up this team. Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox are the top defense pairing. Jacob Truba and Keandre Miller, the second pair. Patrick Nemeth and Braden Schneider are the third pair. Uh, on the top power play unit, Zabinijad drops back to the point along with Adam Fox, and then you have Strom, Kreider, and Panarin up front. That is, again, a lethal group. Georgiev and Shesterkin are the goalies injured right now. Capo Caco and Sammy Blaze on the IR, as is Kevin Rooney. And we'll keep an eye and uh, see if any of them make it back. And we'll certainly let you know. So how do the Islanders get it done? How do you defeat the New York Rangers? Well, number one, you got to four-check. You got to four-check and force the Rangers into some mistakes and make them cough up the puck. The other thing is likely you're seeing Shesterkin and goal. Georgiev, I believe, got the last start. If you're the Islanders, shoot the puck at Igor Shesterkin. And one of the things the Islanders have been doing successfully in recent games, go to the net, get in those dirty areas. How many goals? You know, Anders Lee has been red hot. Brock Nelson, Kyle Palmieri, those guys have been scoring more in recent games because they're going to the net, not afraid to 
get into those dirty areas, fight for position, get those rebounds, those tips, those deflections, and you're going to need that. You got to screen Shesterkin, you got to put pressure on him, you got to force him not to give up rebounds, and then you've got a chance to put a few pucks behind him. You're going to need good goaltending from Ilya Sorokin. That is always a given if the Islanders are going to win. And then when you got players like Zabinijad and Panarin and Fox, those are the guys you have to slow down. You can't give them room to maneuver, whether it's in the neutral zone or in the defensive zone for the Islanders, where they are able to make moves and get space and time to operate. And You know, the Islanders had too many breakdowns against the Capitals on Tuesday night. Their offense was good enough to win a game, but their defense struggled. And unfortunately, it ended up costing them the game. So they've got to tighten up defensively, get back to the kind of defense they were playing during that three-game win streak when they put together strong defensive performances against some quality opponents, really, uh, in Winnipeg, in Columbus, uh, St. Louis, if you go back to last week. You go back to playing that kind of defense. You keep this a 3-2 to two or 2-1 two to one game, and the Islanders have a pretty good chance of pulling off the upset. And look, nothing would give Islander fans more pleasure than to go above 500, possibly knock the Rangers into third place, in the Metropolitan Division and keep them away from the first-place Carolina Hurricanes and to pick up two points in the standings and go above NHL 500 uh, for the first time in a while. So lots of things the Islanders can do and need to do. It'll be a tall order, but I think this team is capable of it. They've been playing better hockey as of late. Still need to be a little bit more consistent, but I think they can get it done. And uh, it'll be a, a, a fun and interesting game tonight at Madison Square Garden. When we come back, the sad passing of Jean Potvin. We'll talk about him and his impact on the Islanders both on and off the ice. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So now is when we usually would do our Islanders' birthday of the day, and it was going to be Zdeno Chara, who it it is his birthday today, and, you know, it would have been nice, but look, Z is still on the team, and we'll have plenty of time to do the Zdeno Chara birthday of the day maybe next year, uh, and maybe when he leaves the team, uh, whether he, or, you know, if he comes back, we can still do it again some other time, but... Unfortunately, after the game with the uh, Capitals ended, the Islanders announced the passing of Jean Potvin at the age of 72. And, you know, I, I spoke to Jean Potvin a few times. I interviewed him for my book, Ice Wars. Great storyteller, really nice guy. Uh, actually lived on Long Island, settled here after his playing days were over. Didn't live too far away from me, actually. And really generous with his time, had some great stories. And you never heard a teammate say anything bad about Jean Potvin. You look at the numbers uh, throughout his career with the Islanders. 
joined the Islanders in 1972-73. In a trade from the Philadelphia Flyers, the Islanders sent Terry Crisp, who later went on to coach the Calgary Flames to a Stanley Cup championship in 1989, and who won a couple of Stanley Cups as a player with the Philadelphia Flyers, but they traded Terry Crisp to Philadelphia to get Jean Potvin. And just acquiring Jean Potvin late in that 72-73 season was the first big influence that Jean Potvin had on this team. Because Bill Torrey, the Hall of Fame general manager of the Islanders from the time they started for the first, you know, 25, 30 years of the team, Bill Torrey knew that Dennis Potvin was the first overall pick in the draft and that the Islanders were going to have that pick. But you also have to remember that in 1973, there were two major league hockey leagues, the NHL and the WHA, and that the WHA was making huge offers to star players like Bobby Hull, Gordie Howe, Jerry Cheevers, all Hall of Famers, who took the money and went to the WHA. And new draft picks were also always sort of fought over by the WHA in those early years. So Bill Torrey traded for Jean Potvin, the older brother of Dennis Potvin, knowing that that trade would help uh, Dennis Potvin choose the Islanders, an NHL expansion team that ended up winning only 12 games out of 78 in their first season uh, over the WHA. And if Jean Potvin stayed with the Islanders, and he did through the 76, uh, through the 77-78 season, he would be there to help his younger brother learn the ropes about how to be a professional. Uh, and, and Dennis Potvin had said as much, you know, I didn't know how to tip in a restaurant. I didn't know how to budget. I didn't know how to be a professional and an adult really. And I'm paraphrasing here, but Jean was there and he helped me on the ice. Jean Potvin was never a star in two tours of duty, totaling eight seasons with the Islanders, 402 games, 46 goals, 200 and 13 assists, but he did play on the first two Islanders Stanley Cup winning teams, and Jean Potvin was a versatile player, and he could play defense. He was usually the fourth or fifth defenseman back when teams only played five defensemen, Uh, but he could also, in a pinch, move up and play wing, and he did that in the very first playoff game that the Islanders ever played. It was against the Rangers, April 8th, 1975, a best two out of three preliminary round series, as it was known back then. And the Islanders, after two periods, were trailing two to nothing. And Billy Harris scored to get them on the board and make it two to one. And then Al Arbor moved Jean Potvin up to wing, and he tied the game with a little more than eight minutes left in regulation on a great goal off a feed by Billy McMillan. And then a minute and a half later, a little bit more than that, Clark Gillies got the game winner. So that was a huge, huge goal in the history of the Islanders. It tied up their first ever playoff game, gave the Islanders momentum in a game they eventually won. And in a series, they eventually won. And 
on that team in 1975 that went all the way to the Stanley Cup semifinals, beating the Rangers in three games, game three in overtime, overcoming a 3-0 deficit to the Penguins and winning that series in seven games, and then falling behind to the Flyers three games to none before forcing another seventh game. Jean Potvin's experience in a young locker room was a big help to this team. He was traded to the Cleveland Barons in 77-78, came back to the Islanders in 79-80, was a part of the first two Stanley Cup teams, and then was injured and retired and became the Islanders' radio color man, uh, a job he held through 1989. So for most of the dynasty years, uh, John Potvin was either a player or the radio commentator on the team when he wasn't healthy. And, you know, he did a great job, enthusiastic, like I said, great storyteller. And, you know, he was a, a nice team with Barry Landers for many years on Islanders radio broadcasts. So uh, Jean Potvin, big member of the community, involved in Islanders alumni events for many, many years, and he is gone at the age of 72, way too soon. The Islanders will certainly miss him. He actually had one hat trick in his NHL career, and we're going to go back and and talk about that game just a little bit. I'm not going to go through the whole scoring situation, but the hat trick was a special game for Jean Potvin and Dennis Potvin. It came on January 22nd, 1976 at the Coliseum, Islanders going up against the Detroit Red Wings. Peter McDuffie, the goalie for Detroit. The Islanders had Billy Smith. And in this game, Jean Potvin had a hat trick and an assist for four points. Dennis Potvin, two goals, two assists for four points. Add J.P. Parise, Zach Parise's dad. He had a three-point night, a goal, and two assists. And the Islanders just crushed the Red Wings by a final score of 8-1 to one, uh, in that game. But uh, it was a special moment for the Potvan brothers, each of them getting four points. The only career hat trick for Jean, uh, Dennis with the four-point night. And Dennis and Jean, among the few Islanders defensemen ever to uh, record a hat trick, and the fact that their brothers just made it all the more special. So, uh, Rest in peace, Jean Potvin. You will be missed, and your place in Islanders history is certainly secured. He will not be forgotten by those who saw him play and those who remember him as a broadcaster and who interacted with him. want to thank everyone again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now, make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. And this is a great time to check out that podcast because fantasy league playoffs coming up soon and they'll give you all the tips you need to win your playoff. We will be back tomorrow. We'll have a preview of both games coming up this weekend, our key takeaways from the game against the Rangers and a lot more. So make sure you join us for that. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!